Hello, and welcome to another segment of A Nurtured Child. I am happy to have Courtney Lomax-Polk and Dominique Gallo with me today. Both women are board-certified lactation consultants. So, Courtney, can you tell me what does it mean to be a board-certified lactation consultant? So the IBCLC credential is basically considered the gold standard. It's the highest uh, lactation credential that you can attain. So it simply means that you've had all the necessary um, science background, um, human nutrition background, as well as hands-on experience um, helping moms and babies uh, work together to figure out breastfeeding solutions for any issues that they may have. And it's not necessarily always issues. Um, you know, we can assess normal and simply give a mom a thumbs up to say, hey, everything's going great. Um, so that's pretty much what that credential means. It's that you have basically achieved the highest level of um, lactation education that you can. Now that doesn't mean it's over because I'm constantly going to conferences and reading and learning because there's always new information, new research. Um, but at that point in time, um, when I earned that credential, um, and sitting for those, sitting for boards and the exam, it just means that I have mastered entry-level knowledge to attain that certification. Okay, so are you an RN or a BSN? Both. Oh. <laughs> I have a bachelor's in nursing. Okay. So I am, I actually have a master's in nursing education. So oh, cool. I, I didn't know that. got my uh, BSN from Southern University. Ooh, ooh, go Jags, we won the uh, Bayou Classic. Um, so yeah, I got my bachelor's from Southern University and then I went on to complete my master's in 2012 um, because I wanted to teach at the collegiate level. So how did you combine that with, um, with choosing to become a certified breastfeeding consultant, IBLC? So my clinical background, when I graduated nursing school in 2006, um, I, I only wanted to do labor and delivery. That was what I cared about. I loved it, still do. Um, that's all I wanted to do. With that, of course, comes breastfeeding. And so I've always been interested in breastfeeding and passionate about helping moms who really want to breastfeed be successful. So throughout my career, I, um, you know, shadowed lactation consultants. I was the first one to jump at any opportunity for any uh, continuing education, training. One hospital I had, I worked at, we had a, um, it was called a breastfeeding champions. So basically a few nurses from each shift that would get special training on how to help moms and babies latch. That way, if a lactation consultant wasn't available, um, you know, we could step in if we had the time. So I've always been interested in lactation. However, uh, once I had my son in 2014 and I struggled, uh, that's really when the light bulb went off and was like, I need to just do this. I need to, you know, learn what I need to learn, do what I need to do to earn that credential. Because I knew that if I was struggling with all the experience and knowledge that I had, many other moms out there are struggling and they may not have as much training as I had. So how can I, uh, you know, breastfeeding was such a wonderful experience for me that I really want to help 
any and every mom that wants to be successful achieve the same level of, you know, passion and joy and happiness that I had feeding my baby. So having him really is what pushed me to become uh, a lactation consultant. Um, so I began studying and getting the experience. Well, I already had the experience from working in the hospital, the hands-on experience, but of course it's, um, you know, doing education to uh, more education, breastfeeding specific education to um, be able to qualify to sit for the exam. So I began doing that and I sat for the exam in April of 2015. Um, however, they take months and months to give you results back. So I didn't find out that I actually passed it until November 2015. I can't hear you, Pia. So Dominique, how did you choose the path of becoming a lactation consultant? Um, pretty much the same way. I uh, nursed my, my first kid. I didn't have a lot of issues, um, none that couldn't be solved very easily, um, but I just enjoyed it so much that I, you know, in my head thought it was a career that I created, but apparently the certifying body has been around for the past, since 1985, so, <laughs> so I was like, well, then I'll just do their program, and I went through their program, and I certified, um, about almost five years ago, uh, and I have to recertify here um, next year. Um, but yeah, it's just I just I just enjoyed it so much, and I just felt like everybody should that want to breastfeed should be able to have a good experience, and um, and 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 as much help as possible. And I just really recently dove deep into black mothers because. I, I really didn't understand what the issue was until I started helping black mothers more. And um, so now I have a more specific uh, goal in mind from the help all the babies to help all the babies, but try to get more education to the black communities as well. Um, since they seem to be suffering the most from all kinds of reasons. So that's my journal. Okay. Well, I met both Courtney and Dominique through the Facebook group, the Breastfeeding Support Group for Black Women. Um, and with my last son, I've, I didn't really have any problems, I, the usual, but we worked through it. It wasn't until I was ready to return to work and I asked a question on my regular Facebook page about getting him to take a bottle because he would not take a bottle. And someone added me to breastfeeding support group for black, is it women or moms? Moms. Mom. Mom. Moms yeah. added me to, um, I think breast, breast bottle and beyond. And both groups give wildly different information. And one of the things that I love about breastfeeding support group for black moms is that it's, evidence-based. It's all research-based information, and the moderators and admins at the time were excellent about making sure that any information that was given was 
accurate. You could look it up in a medical journal. You could go to research sites and you would get this consistent information. It wasn't well, it worked for me. And so even though I wasn't, I really didn't benefit much in those early months, uh, it was nice to just be a part of a community to see other black women breastfeeding because and I'm not gonna say we're you know, not really anomalies, maybe we are, but it's, you just, I happen to be a part of a community of black women who breastfeed and, ex, and breastfeed for extended periods of time. But I know that everyone else doesn't have that. So it was really nice to see just black women supporting one another and being there for one another. And so that's why we're here today. And that is to discuss uh, breastfeeding in the black community. Um, now, you all can jump in and tell me if my information is wrong, but according to the CDC, uh, in 2010, uh, only 59.7% of Black mothers initiated breastfeeding compared to 77.7% of white women and 80.6% of Hispanic women. So that's a huge gap. And at six months and then at 12 months, the disparity was was still is great. So black women aren't initiating breastfeeding at the same levels as other women in the US and then they're they're quitting sooner, which is detrimental. Well, you can tell me, do you consider it to be detrimental to children or what is your take on women who don't initiate and women who quit before 6 or 12 months? Courtney so largely, I think um, a lot of the issue with uh, women that don't even attempt to initiate is just lack of education. Um, we all as parents want the best for our, our children. And the formula companies have done a really great job at marketing um, to where a lot of people think it's just the same or just as good. And so why bother with breastfeeding? Um, specifically in the black community, we don't have a high number of moms that breastfeed. And so when it's our turn to have babies, where do you go? Who, who do you ask? Um, you know, my mom didn't breastfeed me, was clueless. Still, some, I mean, she's better now because she has me to get her together when I need to. Um, but, um, you know, there's just not a lot of family history. And I can't go ask grandma and I can't go ask my mom. So what do I do? I do what they did, right? I got formula and I'm fine. Um, so I think that has a lot to do with initiation, um, just lack of education, lack of representation, and lack of generational experience. Okay. Dominique, why do you think that rates that with the number of Black women who do initiate breastfeeding, that they don't continue for the full 12 months that the, um, that the World Health Organization and the um, American Academy of Pediatrics recommend? Why do you think that is? I think it's lack of education. Actually, I don't really think it's a whole bunch of lack of education because um, I feel like the, the, I feel like the pediatrician's offices and WIC and and, and doctors do a good job at advertising breastfeeding. I think it's just a lack of support. Um, I mean, it could be lack of education on like the family's part, 
not the mother's part, because I feel like most moms are fully educated about breastfeeding. They know all the, the basic things that they should do it. Um, but I think once they get in the hospital, they're successful, but we just push them off into environments where there's just, there's just no help. Um, you know, the baby is fussy. No, everybody says, well, you know, the baby's crying, so it automatically means the baby is hungry. So that means your breast milk is not good enough, and then therefore you have to supplement. Or, you know, the baby needs solids at like two days old for some odd reason. You know, they don't understand cluster feeding. So I, I, I think the, the education for the most part is out there. I just think there's a lack um, for the mothers and then the ones that do make it um, as far as to going back to work. I, most of the jobs that these mothers um, have to go back to aren't very supportive uh, of the breastfeeding either. And I don't know if it's just because they don't care or um, – or, you know, just because they don't have to, there's but no, like, strict law uh, to enforce, you know, breastfeeding as, um, like, there is, like, discrimination and stuff like that. So I, I think it's, I think it's a, a bunch of different stuff, but I just think mainly it's just support. These moms, they just lack, they just lack the help they need in all aspects of it. And so the ones that make it, you know, kudos to them, but it's, it's me personally, if I, if I didn't have, you know, the privileges that I do now, I probably would not have breastfed long either. I could definitely agree with that. With my first son, um, I didn't know really about cluster feeding. And I was one that I thought that, you know, he's still hungry. He's probably not getting enough. And I gave him formula. Fortunately, I think he ended up breastfeeding until he was he was about eight months old when he just decided he was done nursing. But if I had known that instead of being told babies need to only nurse every two to three hours, that every time they cry, you should put them to the breast. I think that we would have had a much better breastfeeding relationship than we did. Because I even find that now mothers aren't told, like as you said, about cluster feeding. They're just told to feed their baby. Well, your baby needs to eat every two or three hours, but that's not realistic for a newborn so that was my experience um i've often heard that or read that black women are said not to breastfeed because of ties to slavery and if you all know me you know that i'm anti-spanking and so we also say that spanking is still prevalent in our community because of slavery. So to me, those things kind of contradict our, contradict one another. We don't do a practice or initiate a practice that's good for us because of the negative impact of slavery. But then on the other hand, we still spank our children because of slavery. So what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that there's maybe a reason why one is embraced and the other is problematic? How do you feel? Well, I think um, as far as the slavery aspect of breastfeeding goes, one, you know, we were forced to feed other people's babies. So we had to do whatever we had to do to give our babies nutrition. And, you know, again, learn and it's been passed down or oh, your baby's going to be fine with this other substitute. Um, two, with the spanking, 
um, we had to keep our children in line. You know, if master deemed that this child was too unruly or spoiled, they, you know, they were at risk for being shipped off somewhere else, never to be seen again. So I know spanking works because that's what they do to me to keep me in line. I'm going to do that to my child so my child knows to listen. And that has just been repeated and repeated and repeated. And sure, it's a quick way to get compliance. However, long term, we know through research that it's so damaging to um, children and, you know, it, it's just damaging. Um, and so I think both practices tie back to slavery because one, you know, we have to keep our children in line. Two, um, we don't want them spoiled. So I'm not going to keep them too close to me because I don't want to spoil them. I'm also going to make sure they listen to me and, and not, you know, get out of line. So I'm going to spank them to make sure they're not spoiled in that way too. Um, I like how you explain that. Yeah, I think it's just, you know, and obviously, I, I, all this is speculation because clearly I wasn't there. But I really do think that that spoiled concept came from slavery. Oh, you know, Master might have said, oh, this baby is spoiled. We got to feed it to the alligators or whatever. So, you know, those moms did what they had to do to protect their babies. I'm going to make sure he doesn't cry too much. Or, you know, I can't pick him up every time he cries. Yeah, because they were just pretty much just left on a blanket while mothers worked in the fields they weren't able to have that secure exactly exactly um so it all goes hand in hand we know both sides of it is equally damaging and especially to our babies because our babies are more likely to die within the first year of life than any other baby um and also our babies are more likely to be spanked than any other race so yeah slavery really did a number on us Still to this day. <laughs> what do you think, Dominique? Have we lost you, Dominique? Sorry. No, 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 I'm here. Sorry, <laughs> I just had trouble grabbing my phone. <laughs> um, I, uh, I think that is, um, I think that that's accurate. Um, um, I, I think it, hang on one second, guys. Sorry, sorry. But as everyone knows, this show is all about children and nurturing children. And even when we're in the midst of doing podcasts, our children, they demand our attention. And sometimes we just have to meet their needs and then come back to what we're doing. So that's how it works in my life. So Courtney, how long did you breastfeed your, your children? They both nursed for two years. Um, my son, I... Um, was pregnant with my daughter when he was about 17 or 18 months and I got nursing aversion really bad where it just was so uncomfortable for me to continue to nurse him so I began weaning around uh, 18 months but didn't completely wean off until he was about 23 months okay um, and same with my daughter for some reason I wasn't pregnant again but the nursing <laughs> aversion came back she's too um, ready She's two. Yes, she turned two in August. Okay. So um, I think around uh, August was probably the last time we nursed. Um, kind of makes me sad because I had hopes of going longer, um, especially since I had to wean my son earlier than I intended. But um, 
you know, some days I'm at peace with it and other days I, I miss it and I feel like I have another, have to have another baby to do it again. But then I quickly like snap out of that. <laughs> so, Tell me about uh, it. I have yeah, a, they nurse for two, uh, like two years each. I have a three-year-old who I think just woke up who he might come in here and say, I want to nurse. We are still nursing <laughs> and he will be three in February. I never imagined that we would nurse this long, ever. Oh, and see, I get jealous when I hear that. I'm enjoying <laughs> it. There's, there's no me. regret. I pumped until, I didn't stop pumping until July. I just oh, got gosh, to no. be done with this. But um, I'm still enjoying the relationship. I'm not ready to wean just yet, but I don't know if we're going to go to four. We'll see how, how it goes. Yeah. Now, I quit pumping usually around a year. I think it was my son. It was about 13 or 14 months that I got rid of that pump and like did the happy dance like the happiest of the happy dances and then the same with my daughter I quit pumping around 11 months um so we just nursed while we were together for the duration of our breastfeeding time I just wasn't ready to give him water and um I knew that he didn't really eat enough and I know to me the fat is important and the only other milk that I would have given him was hemp milk. And it's like $20 a gallon. So I was not. Oh, wow. Yeah, because I think it's a quart is $4.99. So if you think about it, four quarts make a gallon. So no, we were not buying that. So I just said, I'll pump. And it got to the point where I was pumping just enough. Seven or eight hours, ounces to send to daycare. And that was it. But I'm done with it. Yeah, that. no, I had, I had. But with my son, I had enough milk. I stopped pumping about 13 months, and I had enough to get him to about maybe 14 or 15 months, and then he got water. Yeah, and then with my daughter, because, um, of course, you learn lessons every yes. each child. So with my son, in the beginning, I was, you know, one of those moms trying to figure it out. Oh, my God, why is he still nursing? I just fed him 30 minutes ago. He can't <laughs> possibly be hungry again. So we were walking and rocking and patting and doing all this stuff. So by the time I had my daughter, I'm like, oh, just come on, just nurse. Like, just just nurse. Go the boobs so everything. Yeah, my supply was, I mean, just, it wasn't necessarily oversupply, but it was plentiful. I mean, I had enough milk. I gave away two bags, two big Ziploc bags of milk. Plus, I st with me quit, um, not pumping at 11 months, I had enough milk still in the freezer left to get her to about 17 months, 17 months. Um, with milk. And then she got water after that. So, you know, when I tell, when I say just put the baby to breast, like just for everything, I'm speaking from personal experience. I tell people that you will well build a solid supply. It makes a huge difference. Like, I mean, it, it makes, I never really struggled with supply with my son, but I, it was just enough yeah. with her. I could have fed literally two babies. <laughs> I still have. I still get engorged, and I'm like, I should not be getting engorged. Yeah, at years of age with him yeah. almost being three, but we have a pretty good supply. Are you back, Dominique? I am back. I'm so sorry, guys. They're they're doing uh, the Christmas tree, and I really don't like them to help me because <laughs> I'm always afraid they're going to break one of our favorite ornaments, and I turn my back to help another child put a, put something on the tree and another one dropped one of our special ornaments that kind of uh, commiserated like an event in our life. And so 
I had to put the spa douche on the tree until mom can give 100% of her focus. So I'm, I'm sorry. I, I just saw my whole world just fall on the ground. I'm so sorry. I understand. Um, so where were you? I was like, it's like first world problems, but it's like, no, ah, my memories. But I will say uh, to what you guys are talking about right now, um, my dear sweet Frank, um, he, I did not see an end in sight for him weaning. So for a whole year, I told him when he turned three, he was going to be done. And on his third birthday, he nursed to sleep and he has not nursed uh, since then. And he asked me randomly if, uh, if the milk, I told him the milks are broken. That's why he couldn't nurse anymore. And uh, he asked randomly sometimes if the milks are still broken. And I say, you know, bud, mom hasn't taken them to the doctor. So yeah, they're still broken. <laughs> and he goes, okay. <laughs> okay. And just goes by the business. So I, I mean, it's bittersweet, uh, you know, I, but I'm definitely okay with it. I, I, I mean, I just, I've nursed three for way longer than what I set out to. Uh, my goal with all the kids have always been my eight weeks maternity leave and that's it. Um, somehow we made it to two and three years old, uh, but I'm, I'm ecstatic and looking forward to, to how we do life now without my cure-all everything but mm -hmm. um and just excited to have my body back as well because i've been breastfeeding or nursing somebody for the past nine years uh so i'm just i'm just all excited about all of it i know I, this is bad on the breastfeeding podcast <laughs> not really i mean but you're being real and i think that uh if women receive more realistic information because i think sometimes what i got was candy coated it's like, oh, it's natural. It's natural, but it still requires some learning. I felt like a failure be with my first son because it just didn't come naturally. And if someone had yeah. frank with me and said, it could be a little difficult, your nipples can't, could hurt. Because I was always told that there's no pain. But for me, with both children, I had about seven days of 45 seconds of pain with each latch. And then it went away. And that's always been my norm. And if I expected that, I probably, I think once again, I would have done a better job. And if someone had told me that, oh, you're going to be up at night or put the baby in the bed with you to nurse, that it would make things easier. But that's a whole nother conversation. It that's <laughs> right. When I teach my classes, I tell everybody it's natural, but it's a learned behavior. And if you don't see it, then you don't do it. And I know people hate equating breastfeeding to go into the restroom, but I mean, it's just like potty training. We, it's all natural to go to the bathroom, yeah, but if we don't see anybody or anybody teaches us to use it in the actual potty, then we won't do it, you know? Sure. We'll just continue going about life like we think that we should. And so it's a learned behavior. We have to be shown how to do it or we have to see other humans doing it and doing it well for us to know how to do it. And, and that's, you know, unfortunately with our society, we're a bottle feeding society. We don't, we don't breastfeed at least in front of everybody. So, but hopefully that'll change. Of, I think a lot of 
think a lot of the problem too is when people do see us breastfeeding or you know we say we breastfed for this long they automatically assume that you've never struggled no yes. like trust yeah me, i've struggled i go to work too i hate pumping too you know i had issues yeah. in the beginning too so I'm not some unicorn with magical boobs that just worked like I wanted them to. Like, no, I'm right where you are. I get it. I, I, I cried many nights. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I to say too, I once my kids hit a year, I Courtney, I was just like you. That pump got thrown in somebody's corner. Yes. And I never used it again. Yes. <laughs> it was like I've done my time. And in fact, I just recently brought out all of my pumps to put on display in my office so women can see the different choices of pumps they have mm-hmm. so that they can touch and, you know, kind of get hands-on experience with it before they order it through their insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, that's the only reason why my pumps have uh, gotten out of the closet of death because um, <laughs> yes. I, I just, I wanted, you know, I have it. I don't use it anymore. Um, and other women appreciate being able to see the pump and see the corks and stuff like that. And they can decide, oh, maybe I don't like this when I want another one, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, yeah, no, I, I didn't pump after one unless I was going to be separated from my kids for longer than a day. I just, I just hated it so much. And I, that was the worst part of my breastfeeding experience is the fact that I had to uh, pump. Mm-hmm. That was it. I'm going to be, unfortunately, I'm going to be candid and say that for me, that meant that I could go in my office and shut my door and not look at anyone. <laughs> so that also <laughs> had a lot to do with Oh, it. that's good. I never thought about that. That could get away from my coworkers. If and I worked, I worked while I was pumping. So it's like, okay, I have you know, 20, 30, 40 minutes of, not that I was pumping for 40 minutes, because I know you're not supposed to pump more than 15, but my door is closed, I'm working, and I don't have to answer any questions, but, you know. Uh, that is a good point. We do get a break, especially if you don't smoke, you don't get that 15-minute break every five minutes. Yeah, right. yeah. So. smokers right. take how long? They get an hour a day for however long they work at the company whereas breastfeeding moms just get that little bit of break for a year because I didn't well Uh I know now that technically women only have protection for a year if they even have protection it's only for the first year of life it's not into the second year right that's right that's right well Uh, but to I was gonna say this go back around where I had my freak out I, I apologize but I, I would you know I was saying about uh, the breastfeeding and slavery and thinking in slavery I, I agree with Courtney and I see I've seen it growing up I you know I was spanked as a child and whipped and beat and all that stuff and you know and I feel like uh, there's there's like 15 of us cousins and there's like uh, four boys and I saw the boys got it the worst. And the mantra that I always heard was, I'm going to beat you straight so that the man doesn't do it, you know? And when I was younger, I didn't understand. But as I got older, I started learning who's the man, you know, master. Master's going to beat the crap out of you if you don't, you know, act right. So I'm going to do it so he doesn't have to do it. And it doesn't, I mean, it, and, but to me, it's like, it, it, it's still not good for the kid because the kid's still getting beat. It doesn't matter who does it, you know? Exactly. It, and, and people say I spank out of love. I'm like, I don't, that doesn't make any sense. 
to me, but whatever. Um, it, 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 you know, it, you can spank out of fear, which I understand those mothers, yes. you know, if you, if my child's disobedient, my kid's going to get taken away or, or master's going to beat him to one inch of his life or worse. He's just going to take him out in the backyard and hang him. You have to understand beating out of fear of that happening. I'm going to give you a spank and it's not going to be as bad as what you could get, but I'm going to do it, you know, just because I'm scared that what you could get could get be death. But, um, and then the breastfeeding thing, I kind of, you know, I, I kind of see it just because I heard it growing up where, you know, my, uh, my family would say, oh, that's what white people do or, uh, uh, why are you doing, you like, you know, your, your milk's not as good as the white people. What are you doing? You know, and that's probably Someone said your milk some kind of, oh, honey. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's right. Yeah, that's right. Cause you know, I mean, it's just, and I think in the group too, someone said that as well, that somebody told them that their milk wasn't as good as white people milk too. I don't, I don't understand where that comes from because we spent lots of years feeding white people's babies and they're, they're still here. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? right. So, I don't, I think too, as with the slavery and the breastfeeding thing, it was always, did you notice how I, the, the, the women, the white women would have the black women feed their babies, I think mainly just so that they can mass produce, because we all know some women just can't get pregnant while they're, while they're breastfeeding. And so kings and queens used to do this too. They used to have their, uh, their, I, I forget what they're called, but um, uh, whoever, yeah, whoever helped them in the house to uh, feed their baby so that they can mass produce little kings and queens. And, um, and, and, but they were also, you know, white. And then I, you know, so it's, it's always seen as less than, you know, you're not, you're not rich if you, if you have to feed your own babies, you know, I think that has to do with a lot of it too, is that breastfeeding is seen as less than, and, and we get it a bunch too. When I was at Wicca, I noticed that, you know, some of the moms even that came over here from Mexico they would have like five or six kids and have breastfed all of them for years and more years. And they come over here as soon as they cross that border. Oh, I don't have any milk, you know? And I'm like, what, what is wrong with your body now that you don't have any milk, but you did, you did two years ago, you know? And, you know, it just kind of dawned on me that, Oh, you know, they can afford formula when they're over here and they were poor, you know, in their country. So they had to breastfeed. Well, here they don't have to, you know? So I think it's, you know, in slavery, we were always considered less than, so why am I going to do something that's going to perpetuate that less than uh, attitude, which is feed my own baby? No, I'm, I'm not less than. I actually make a lot of money and I can afford to buy this artificial milk. So I think that's, I think that's where it is for the, uh, as far as like the slavery of it too, if that makes sense. It does. I like both of y'all's perspective on breastfeeding and spanking and slavery. So I learned something. So thank you for sharing that with me. Now, a few days ago, this is kind of, I don't know if it's funny or not, but I have a, a lot of my friends who breastfeed, they are, I would consider them to be more 
socially conservative, whereas when they were in public, they covered, especially at church. And one posted on Facebook that she wished that she had a child now so that she could nurse uncovered in the sanctuary. And I did volunteer to come visit her church and nurse my three-year-old on her behalf. And I wonder, do you see a lot of that where women don't feel comfortable breastfeeding in church or just around their families? And I there's a part two, so we can kind of discuss both. So if you believe that's true, how can families and fathers in the Black community just support breastfeeding mothers in general? So Dominique, if you could answer that first. What do you think? Well, I will say... Untypically, my family's Catholic, which most black families are Baptist or some denomination of that. Um, so, you know, when I took my kids to church, they, they, I guess either it was just my Catholic church or just in general, they were always welcoming. You know, father always said, do what you must to get that baby quiet during the sermon. So if that's breastfeeding, then, you know, he's like, whatever, <laughs> you know, he's like, I got to get through my sermon without a crying baby. So if you need to nurse and do it. But I mean, even if I had to nurse the kids, like, you know, all I heard was, oh, oh, and they didn't care if I was nursing. They still came up and got right up in this baby's face and was cooing and talking to the baby when the baby's mouth was full of milk. So, you know, when I get into like the breastfeeding groups that I used to admin it, and I hear all these women saying, oh, we can't nurse in the church. We can't nurse. I'm like, but why? You know, when I walk into my church, there's like three or four pictures of the Virgin Mary breastfeeding Jesus, you know, and, and there's no cloth or anything over his head or anything. So, you know, why, why, is, you know, granted, she is nursing the baby Jesus. But why is the breast milk good enough for the baby Jesus, but not for for our, you know, the, the people that worship him? I, that's always been confusing to me. I think as a society, whether we're in church or not, if we just stop gawking, you know, and just go on with life when babies are nursing, I think all of that will just go by the wayside because there's no reason why a baby can't nurse in church. It's not indecent. No. Women don't take their top off to nurse in public, or at least the ones that I interact with I've do not do that. Full boob while nursing ever. Even women. Exactly. Been, I've never seen like more than, you know, just enough to nurse. Yeah especially in the church. I mean, usually they're, they're to the nines, you know, and, and, the, you know, they're so covered anyway, because they're in the church. It's, uh, you know, you, you can't help but not to be covered while you're nursing just by accident. You know, I, I don't, I just think that we as a society put too much into uh, the uh, our expectations of women and what they should look like when they do anything. And then that's just, the nursing at church is, is just an extension of that. It's just, you know, I just, I mean, I don't, I don't understand it. I feel like, you know, you're, you're disrupting her worship or she's got to go to a different room just to breastfeed. And that's if her church is, has enough money to have a sound system where she's going. If not, she's just going to miss the whole sermon. And then what's her purpose of being there? You know, um, 
And, and that's, that's, that's not fair to her because she chooses to feed her baby in this way. You know, now she doesn't get to worship um, because you're uncomfortable. And that, I, I just think that we as a society just need, need to back off on what we deem acceptable for women, first of all, and need to just back off of, of what we deem as acceptable breastfeeding. And I think all that would go by the wayside and, and no one will care, honestly. I think the happens. problem. I think the problem too is that um, we equate this respect word with breastfeeding, and you know I see it all the time. Or I will just have respect for whoever and not breastfeed in front of them. Well, who am I disrespecting by breastfeeding? You know, my child is hungry. I should not have to seclude myself every time my child is hungry. But yet you want me around. You want members in your church. You want that sanctuary filled, you want that tithe money. So then in turn, if she brings a baby, you wanna dictate how that baby is fed and kept quiet throughout the service. And you know, again, no mom, no breastfeeding mom is just sitting in church with her shirt off. Like that just does not happen. If I'm breastfeeding my baby, it's enough so that my baby can latch and I move on with my life. You, if you are in church, you should be focusing on church and what the pastor has to say, not worried about how I'm feeding my baby. And, you know, when people say that respect word, it does not make me disrespectful that I am feeding my baby. It's disrespectful for you to stare and look and watch when this has nothing to do with you. Um, you know, the modesty thing. I am modest. I do not ever walk around with cleavage out, with my butt out. I rarely wear shorts. However, I am going to breastfeed my baby wherever I am. That does not make me immodest. Um, so we have to get out of this whole respect thing and modesty and, and stop equating that with feeding a baby. Um, you know, it's just, it's sad. And I posted in the breastfeeding group a link with all the times that breastfeeding is mentioned in the Bible. So when those moms complain that they uh, can't breastfeed in church, here you go. Jesus was breastfed. Here's several other links because if I'm in church, y'all supposed to be teaching the Bible, right? Well, let me show you. Turn with me right now, and <laughs> you know, let let's see how many people in this Bible that we're preaching out of breastfeed. So you should not have an issue with me breastfeeding my child. I, I just that is so baffling to me that people care that much what another person is, is doing. I, I just I, I, I don't get it. I will never get it. And, you know, to equate it with respect and modesty to me is just a slap in the face to women. You know, they can show up in church with short shorts on or a short miniskirt, but, you know, to feed a child is just disrespectful. That's where we draw the line. Uh, no, no, and no, no, I no. And I say if a person has on a short miniskirt, why are you not worshiping God? Why are you worth looking at what they're wearing? Exactly. You need to be exactly. on the word, on the Bible, and not on her legs. But it's always in everything, in in, mod in attire, in, feed, in taking care, care of our children. The onus is always put on women to be more than. Exactly. Or they'll say, like, you're going to tempt someone else. Or you never know what someone else is struggling with. How is that my problem? Oh, my God. I could wear I hate that. the baggy so pants and tempt someone else. I mean, that is not my yes. to battle. I cannot 
you know, I cannot I, know yes, what the struggle I, is and protect you from me. That's no. <laughs> ridiculous. Right? That, I mean, and if you go, um, I mean, not telling everybody to watch porn, but, um, you know, there are so, there's like thousands of different fetishes. There's ankles and wrists, there's high heels, there's pregnant fetishes. Like, am I just I not supposed to leave fetishes. my house? Exactly. Huh? Exactly. Eyes for fetishes. Hair. <laughs> yes. Fingernails. Yes. I mean, there's, I mean, there's something like if you want fishnet, six inch heels, there, I mean, it's there. I mean, I, I, some, I, like one of my guy friends even said, he goes, if you're, he goes, yeah, if you're into pregnant women, there's a whole genre and there's even different <laughs> stages of pregnancy. There's getting to ready to pop. Pregnant. Right. Wow. And it's like, so if he's in pregnancy, do I just stay in my house for nine months? Exactly. Like I can't, I can't, like I understand people are struggling, but I can't change my life fit your mood I can't do it it's like exactly. I've got friends that struggle with alcoholism you know they say straight up I can't drink but don't let me stop you you know you have exactly. all the fun that you want to do and the only thing they say is just respect me and don't offer when I tell you no I'm like dude that's fine more booze for me I'm all about it <laughs> <laughs> I need a designated driver anyway <laughs> you know exactly <laughs> so I just I don't understand why me breastfeeding is getting in the way of, of somebody else's issue and then you know furthermore if your man is tempted by the teeny bit of breast that shows when I breastfed oh honey you got issues and you it's not me breastfeeding me and my baby <laughs> That's right. There is something else going on that you guys need to address, and it ain't me breastfeeding, honey. I can exactly. promise you that. It's a whole whole other issue that you need to be dealing with. So don't don't take that out on me. <laughs> exactly. I concur. So, how can families, fathers, and the black community support breastfeeding mothers, Courtney? <laughs> Number one. It starts, I feel like it, it's all about preparation. You know, if we're buying a house, if we're planning a wedding, we read all of these magazines, we go look at different houses and see what we like, and then you pull the trigger and you do it. Same thing with having a baby and breastfeeding. Let's educate moms on what a normal newborn looks like. The media, unfortunately, every image you see Number one, the birth always starts with, oh my God, my water broke. And then it's some big emergency <laughs> when that is not reality. Two, you see all these diaper commercials that are like, just, hey, put your baby in this diaper and they'll sleep all night. And these peace peacefully sleeping babies. And when you get this new baby home, it is nothing like that at all. Like nothing like that. So I think it starts with um, having better access to prenatal education um, even, even without that though, you know, with the smartphone, with the computer, with the iPad, I mean, there's literally information everywhere. Now, obviously we want moms to have factual information and accurate information because anything can be put on the internet, but you have to start somewhere. You have to be educated. Um, you know, like was mentioned earlier, breastfeeding is natural, but does that, that does not mean it's without work, it's without struggle, or it's without, um, effort. And you have to put in the effort to ensure your success. Also, in the Black community, like I mentioned earlier, it is a lack of representation 
you know, every billboard and all the magazines, all the baby magazines, how many times do you see a black mom breastfeeding? If you Google breastfeeding right now and look at the images, you have to scroll pretty far down before you see a black mom. I'm Googling. So, uh, I, I promise you, you have to scroll <laughs> to see a black mom. And so it's, you know, it's seeing us and being visible and, and representation matters. When you never see anyone that looks like you do it, then how can you, you know, see yourself doing it? Um, and also, although WIC is necessary, and I'm glad we have WIC for those moms that truly need it, it's also a catch-22. Because if a mom qualifies for WIC, and she has no other support system whatsoever and breastfeeding is not going well and you know grandma and auntie can't really help her with facts then she's just gonna go to WIC and say hey I just need formula and get formula for free and so my qualm has always been with the insurance companies and Medicaid here in the state of Texas Medicaid does not cover a lactation consult but it covers formula and so why not pay me to come and help this mom? I, I'm, I can go to your house. You save so you much home. money. Right. I can go and help you in home in case you don't have a ride to come to me or come to an office. Help you in home and, and give you tips and tools and, and whatever else we need to do to get you successfully breastfeeding. But instead, we don't pay for that, but yet we'll pay for all the formula she needs for a year or, and beyond. And to me, that is... It's, it's backwards. Um, you know, we know breastfed babies are more healthy. So you're saving not only on formula costs, you're saving on, you know, healthcare costs as well with these babies. It affects infant mortality rates. Um, I mean, just all these things. And so I think to truly have an impact, um, not just the black community, but, you know, lower socioeconomic families, we have to get them better access to information and better access to care. And it starts with prevention and having a lactation consultant is, you know, preventative care. It, it's, I, I still, I don't, I can't understand why that's not covered. Um, so I think that's where it starts. We just have to start educating ourselves and, um, you know, lack of access you know I'm not the government so I don't know how to solve that issue necessarily but um better education and better support better education and better support what do you think Dominique I mean <laughs> all of that I guess um I don't for so for dads I think the biggest thing is um you know growing up I always heard that, you know, once you, you, you grow up and you get married, you're no longer like your, your father's responsibility. You are now your husband's responsibility. So if there's problems in your marriage or whatever, you guys are supposed to work it out, not, you know, take it to your, your family or what have you. Um, and I feel that when, if it comes to child rearing, the dad is allowed to go to the mother like his mom, but, you know, the, the mom isn't allowed to go to hers. And, and I think some of that is just for dads to, to trust the mom in her decisions. 
right? Because she's not going to choose breastfeeding if it's bad for the baby. I don't know any mother in their right mind, and I say that right mind, (laughs) that would choose to breastfeed their child if it wasn't for the child's best interest. And I don't know any mothers that uh, use breastfeeding as a way to, and I could be wrong, but I don't know any that set out breastfeeding to say, I'm going to do this to keep this baby from their father and all that stuff. Like, I just, I just don't know any women like that. Um, We we complain about that when we go to the restroom by ourselves. So. Exactly. So why, why would I put that punishment on myself? Right. So I just think that men need to trust their, their, their partner's decision on the breastfeeding and support that decision. If your partner came to you and said, babe, I don't think we should buy a car this year because of X, Y, and Z. I think we should wait till next year. He's not going to go to his mother and say, mom, can you believe she won't let me buy that Mercedes this year? She says we have to wait for next year. (laughs) You know, people will look at him like he's flipping crazy. But, you know, when it comes to breastfeeding, it's a whole different thing, you know? Um, So just trust her and just let me introduce. So you're saying that fathers are going and complaining to their mothers about their wives' or girlfriends' decision to breastfeed? Is that what you're saying? Just yeah, they're well, not necessarily. It doesn't even have to be their mom. It can be their homeboys or whatever. And then they're telling them all kinds of stuff. And of course, they're going to bring that drama back home. And so then now the mother, you know, of the baby is like, well, I don't want to deal with this drama, so I'm not going to do it. You know, so she stops. So I think, just like Courtney said, you prepare to buy everything else, prepare with the breastfeeding and everybody get on board with education. And the dad just needs to support the mom's decision the best way he can do and not go run and tell the problem to everybody because that's just adding more pressure to her to stop because she doesn't want to deal with the drama. You know, like if I, if all the breastfeeding boo-boos I had with all three of my kids, you know, the first thing out of my mom's mouth was, oh, why don't you just bottle feed? Why are you doing this to yourself? You know, mine, imagine mine getting that well. from, yeah, imagine getting that from your mother-in-law, from your husband, from your sister, you know, if you get that from everybody, because he didn't read in, in his mouth to the whole family at Thanksgiving dinner, then, you know, I would quit too. I'd be like, well, I don't want to do all this drama. I, you know, it's over. So I, I do think dads need to step up and just support the mother's decision any way that, you know, that she needs. So if that's going on the Google and figuring out the closest lactation consultant, then that's fine. Or going to a website and reading it, then that's fine. Give her a chance. You know, let let her figure out what's going on. And I can say the same thing about families, too. Just because you don't understand it doesn't mean that it's a negative thing. And they just need to be supportive of the mother's decision. If she buys a certain pack of diapers, no one's going to give her any grief over it. So if she chooses to breastfeed, I think it's the same thing, too. And then nobody can't do anything about the way that formula is advertised in these communities. But I think um, I think maybe the stores and stuff can do a better job at um, how they, you know, display things and, you know, and, and the neighborhoods instead of, I think I went um, to see someone speak and she straight up had a, a picture of a sign at the grocery store that said if you buy xyz amount of formula you get this huge pack of diapers for free why would i breastfeed with when i you know if i can just buy this formula and i'll just be set with the free diapers you know i my kid needs diapers so advertisement like that 
advertisement like that, you know, is, is, is not beneficial for the breastfeeding mom too. Cause now it's like, well, I'm doing this. And so now I'm at cost with these, with these diapers and, um, and, and just other stuff. But I guess it's just more so family just need to trust mother's decision and they need to support her decision and help her out instead of criticizing and breaking her down. Um, and, and kinda... to... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. You're fine. You're fine. And I was just saying um, about dads and family, you know, everybody, and, and I feel like it's more prevalent in the black community, but we feel like this is everybody's baby. It's not just Courtney's baby. It's everybody's baby. So everybody wants yeah. the baby to like them and to bond and to spend the night and to be with me only. And so when they get this little baby who only knows mom and, you know, mom is the only one that can comfort the baby by breastfeeding and then they start attacking mom. Oh, well, you all, you know, you don't let me help. There's nothing I can do for him anyway. Um, you know, yeah. and, and that has to stop. If we took dad and grandma and auntie and cousin and we took all of them with us to breastfeeding class, they too would learn what normal newborn behavior looks like what breastfed baby behavior looks like so that when it happens and the baby you know only knows mom and, and is only trustful of mom that this it's not an attack on you or it's not that the baby doesn't like you I mean this kid has 18 years to like you and bond with you give mom yeah. a few short months to bond with her baby and be with her baby without everybody coming at her with an opinion on you know other people's not going to want your baby or, you know, just craziness like that. Like also, you know, caregivers that are going to be with mom, dads, grandma, if, if mom lives with grandma, find other ways to interact with the baby. It sticking a bottle in a baby's mouth is not the end all be all to baby, to bonding with baby and baby care. Baby needs a bath. Baby needs to burp. Baby needs a diaper change. Baby needs to be held and rocked and talked to. But, you know, we don't want to do all of that. I just want to be able to bottle feed my baby. So you need to pump and make a bottle or we just need to get formula so I can feed the baby too. And, you know, that's crazy to me because that's not helpful to mom. It's not beneficial long term when that is only one piece of taking care of a baby. Let mom do that and you take the baby away to do everything else so that mom can get a break. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, people don't see it that way. Exactly. Or when grandma said, "Go on, go ahead." What'd you say? No, I'm just. I'm, oh no, I, I was gonna say. I was gonna say my my least favorite thing I used to hear at Wick was grandma was straight say, "Well, she breastfeeds, no one's gonna want to watch that baby because he's gonna be spoiled and clingy." And I'm right. like, "What? Why? Why would he be spoiled and clingy? And why is it a bad thing that no one wants to watch the baby? You know, like." And why is it a bad thing that he's clinging to his mother? Exactly. exactly. That's who he should be clinging to. I personally, I get weirded out when there's kids, especially young kids like babies that just freely go to any old body. To me, that just says that, oh man, you, your parents don't have any interaction with you. <laughs> if you are just so trusting that you'll just go to any old stranger, you know, without a care in the world, that makes me nervous. Cause if you're going to me, somebody who won't hurt you then you know you're going to go to somebody that will and then right. you know then the family is going to be 
sitting there looking, oh, my God, I can't believe this happened. But I'm like, oh, I can believe that happened because that kid just crawled up in my lap last week and was quite content with life, you know? Like, right. the baby, moms uh, apologize to me when they bring their babies back to the floor for me to see them and the kid doesn't want me to hold them. And they're like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, don't apologize. Your kid's normal and doing exactly what they should be doing, not trusting of strangers. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I don't understand how it's a bad thing that the baby wants to be with mom. And I don't understand why breastfeeding automatically equates to, oh, you know, nobody will ever be able to breastfeed your baby. I just, I don't, I mean, not breastfeed, but watch your baby. Because I I feel like if mom's going to work and needs somebody to feed her baby, she's going to (laughs) pump so that you can feed the baby. You know, like she's just not going to neglect the baby's nose and say, hope you start lactating in the next three hours because the baby <laughs> needs to eat. Like, that's not how it works. No. Right. Not at all. Well, you know what, ladies, I have enjoyed talking to you. And I was, I told you all we were going to talk for about 30 to 45 minutes, but we have talked for 59. <laughs> <laughs> And I knew this was going to happen because I know Dominique has lots to share, and I love it. And Courtney, this is the first time I've talked with you, and I have truly enjoyed it. So hopefully we can do this again. So if there's anything that you all want to discuss about improving breastfeeding in the Black community and also just the bond that it it creates between mother and child, I would love to do this again. Um, So is there anything that you all would like to add before we go? Um, I think we covered a lot in this, you know, in the time. I mean, I feel like we could talk another eight hours. <laughs> I could too. I would but, just uh, love to listen to you. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it, I just wish people truly, I mean, yes, it takes work, but the bond it creates with your child, the happiness that you get seeing your baby that you grew in your body now being nourished from your body. I mean, it is indescribable. Um, and, you know, I think if more women knew that feeling um we would have much more success and so it's i mean yes it is about feeding the baby but at the same time it's so much more than just feeding the baby it's holding the baby and just loving it yes i can't, i wish that i could do it again just to have yes. another baby because I don't, when people say, oh, you, you, why don't you put the baby down? It's like, it's a baby. I had a baby to hold it and to love it. And just the idea that when I looked at him, especially at a year old, I kept you alive for a year. I gave you the nourishment that it required to sustain life. That, that's an amazing feeling. Right, exactly. I, I mean, there's no mom that tell people, there's no mom, you know, on her deathbed saying, I wish I would have held my baby less. No. You know, like this is such a short time in your child's life. This is the only time that they will need you in this way. I want to have no regrets. I, even now my kids are two and four, but if they need me to hold them, I am right there because I know it's going to come a day when they don't, they don't want mom. It's uncool yes. to hug mom. And I am not going to have any regrets at all. No, not at all. Well, thank you, and I look forward to hopefully doing this again with you all. So have a great Sunday and a great rest of the week. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye, guys. You're welcome. No, thank you all.